Hi, I'm Maddie Fox, Content Manager in the Communication Office. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Dean of College Guidance, Ivy Brewer, about all things college guidance at Darlington. We'll learn more about college advisors here, including some new advisors joining our usual lineup. Ivy will also share tips for what juniors and seniors can be doing during the summer to set themselves up for success in the college admissions process. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. So thank you, Ivy, for joining me today to talk a little bit more about college guidance. First, I'd love for our listeners to be able to get to know you a little bit better. You've been at Darlington as the Associate Dean of College Guidance since 2007, but this is your first year in your new role as Dean. So could you share a little bit more about maybe your career journey and what you love most about the college guidance field and the work that you get to do with students? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, Well, interestingly, I am a career changer, um, so I once worked in the uh, corporate world and um, in corporate operations, um, but that was a long time ago. Um, back in 2001, I began working at St. Catherine's School in Richmond, Virginia, which was a boarding school at that time, um, and I worked um, as an office administrator in their college guidance office processing um, college applications, um, and then I went to Seacrest Country Day School in Naples, Florida, They were adding a high school at that time, so I built a college guidance program for them one year at a time. So starting with the freshmen and then going on to the sophomores when they had sophomores and then um, juniors once they had juniors. And then this opportunity came up to be at Darlington. I was so eager to get back to a boarding school environment because I once was a four-year boarder myself uh, when I was in high school and then working at St. Catharines as a boarder, so I loved having the opportunity to meet students from all over the country and all over the world and get a, get to be a part of their everyday life. So uh, that was just a, a wonderful opportunity to come back to that type of uh, that type of work. And college guidance is so exciting to be a part of because you're helping students find the right fit and think about what would be best for them, how they learn, how they Um, socialize what they love and to be in the forefront of that sort of decision-making process in in the uh, students lives helps uh, to keep everyday exciting and interesting there's also so much to learn Um, nobody knows everything about college guidance because it changes all the time so having that opportunity to always learn new things and discover um, new universities or new programs Uh, just keeps every day interesting and challenging. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, speaking about the just unique nature of college guidance as a field, could you tell us a little bit more about maybe what makes Darlington's college guidance structure so unique? Um, Darlington has a really unique program where we have um, me, who I'm the dean, we have our office manager, who is Madge Crawford, who takes care of all of the processing. And then we also have um, 12 college advisors who are teachers, but who are also trained in college guidance and help the students you know, go through all of the process with a very uh, close hand. They work with the students one-on-one very closely to guide them through the process. So most 
schools only have a, a dean, an associate dean, or maybe a, a few college advisors, but our system allows for each college advisor to work with about 10 to 12 students very closely. We also get to meet with them at least four times per week. So we're always um, in touch with them and able to answer questions. It also divides up the um, letter writing process, which is important, but also very time consuming. And so for our college advisors to only have to write uh, letters on their advisees, so 10 to 12 students, gives everyone more time to answer questions for the students and really walk through that process with them. Yeah, absolutely. So could you explain a little bit more about what an ideal relationship between a student and a college advisor looks like? You know, what what is their weekly kind of structure, um, you know, as, as a group? Um, so ideally, the students have, have been instructed to pick a person with whom they have a relationship. Our students are allowed to voice a preference for who they select as their college advisor. So out of the college advisors, students list their top five choices and they're guaranteed to get one of those choices. So presumably, the students have a relationship already with the people that they have um, selected the people that they have um, listed as a preference so that being said it's you don't have to get to know your advisor you already know and so having that relationship of trust and being very open and honest with your advisor is the best way to um, to function our program is structured in a way that they again we meet uh, four times a week but as juniors we're going through curriculum we're going through all the things that juniors might need to know about the college process, about colleges, um, and it's a sort of a very general piece. We also have a little bit of time to work on applications and things like that, but really as juniors we're introducing them to what is college in America and what is the college process. Then as seniors, we will still do curriculum, but curriculum is only one day per week, and then the other day per week is um, time to uh, work on applications and work on um, essays and things like that. Gotcha. That that explains a lot. So could you, you explain that students need to look for an advisor that they have a relationship with already. What are some other criteria maybe depending on maybe what they want to study, if they want to go to a specific university, you know, what kind of criteria should they look for in a good college advisor here? Well, all of our advisors are well-versed in every type of college, but more importantly, we work as a team. So for instance, um, I have seen well over 200 colleges, but um, if I had a student who was interested in going to the University of New Hampshire, I might say, well, go talk to Mr. Cox because he's from that area and his son went to the University of New Hampshire. So while I've seen it, and I can tell you a little bit about it, he probably has a more intimate view mm -hmm. of the university. And so every college advisor can give advice on all types of colleges, um, but certainly we are able to um, use one another, and that's another beauty of our system, that to enhance the student's understanding. Yeah, absolutely. 
So could you tell us a little bit more then about the group of college advisors that we have and, you know, share about your working relationships with one another? How do you become a college advisor? All the things, you know, kind of how does that structure work on on the back end for our college advisors? Well, when we as a college guidance office go to select a new college advisor, the things that we're looking for are are teachers who um, are excellent writers because they have to write the letters of recommendation, and those who have good relationships with the students, and those who are very on top of deadlines. And we know that because all of our teachers write letters of recommendation, teacher letters for our students. And so we've been able to see their work and know how they respond to our deadlines as teachers. So when we go to select a college advisor, that's those are the main three criteria. And they also have to be willing to do professional development because as I said earlier, there's so much to learn and no one can know everything and everything changes all of the time. So they are constantly working to improve their knowledge base either by going on tours, going to conferences, um, reading articles. You know, they're always trying to improve their college knowledge, so to speak. Um, and so our college advisors come from a range of departments at Darlington. And so um, there's lots of different folks that um, students might click with. So for instance, if you, uh, if the student is a very sciencey student, we have college advisors who are science teachers. <laughs> and if uh, a student is really into communities. We have English and history teachers. So it's, uh, you know, they come from a broad range of um, areas at Darlington. But um, just to give you the list, um, Sam Clark, who is an English teacher, is a college advisor. Uh, John Cox, English teacher also. Um, Brant Evans, he is the Dean of Student Life, but he's also a history teacher. Um, Jacqueline Haynes, who's a science teacher. Uh, Mike Hudson, who is a science teacher. Um, Tara Inman, who is our um, Dean of Students for Global Studies, but also is an English teacher. Um, Tony King, who is a science teacher. Um, Jennifer Lutwiler, who is a learning specialist and also teaches English. Um, Jared Willerson uh, is a history teacher. Kathy O'Meara is an art teacher. And Chad Woods is the director of upper school and also former um, head of the uh, math department and a math teacher. So as you can see, there's they come from uh, all over the upper school. Mm -hmm. That's a very well-rounded list of really, really fantastic um, educators. Um, so what would be your advice for students once they've gone through the selection process and they know who their college advisor is going to be there? in their junior year in the spring, how do they make the most out of that relationship for the next year or so? Well, um, it, it may seem like a lot, but when we ask students to do things, it's because our goal certainly is for them to have college choices in the spring of their senior year. But our other goal, our sort of secondary goal, is to reduce the stress in the process. And so we have set up a timeline, uh, some deadlines of things that need to be accomplished. And if students do what we tell them to do, it will reduce the stress tremendously in the senior year. Um, senior year is an exciting time, um, but it's also um, 
you know, a little bit stressful just because there's some extra things that students don't think about. So for instance, yes, you have your classes. Yes, you have your sports or plays or activities. But as a senior, you may have some extra things to do like senior nights or your picture, your senior pictures for the yearbook, or um, you might be the captain of that team or you're taking more APs than you have before, or, or whatever, any number of ways that students don't realize that there's some little extra things that happen in the senior year, which are fun and great, good things, but they add more to do. And so if the students will listen to us and prepare in advance, then we can take some of that stress away for in their list of things to do, so to speak. Yeah. Also, um, it's amazing how students will try to um, want to get into college and and but want to postpone that until late, the later dates, and that just adds stress because every student will say, "I'm not getting into college," and we tell them that's not true. You're getting into college. We just don't know which one yet. And we've always had people, if, if a student wants to go to college, they have had the opportunity to go. And we're not starting with you. We're not going to all of a sudden have you be the one. So to be able to be admitted earlier in the process releases a lot of weight mm-hmm. off of the student's shoulders. They'll be able to say, oh, okay, I am going to college. This process isn't that bad. And they can certainly focus on all of the applications that they need to do. So we do encourage students to apply to some of those early action deadlines. Um, Certainly a lot of scholarship money is attached to those early deadlines. And so to take advantage of of that, if at all possible, but just to get things rolling and not procrastinate because uh, procrastinating makes the whole process more stressful. Yeah, I I love that. You know, I think it's easy for anyone, especially like you said, as a busy senior to look at a list of deadlines and easily get overwhelmed. But I know that, you know, every person that you listed earlier as an advisor truly wants the best for those students. And like you said, it's like no student left behind. You know, if you want to go to college, we're getting you into college. And I think I think that's great. Um, so what, you know, maybe in regards to that timeline, what should seniors and even juniors be doing this summer to set themselves up for success in that process because it does begin early on. Um, Is there anything their families can be doing to assist in this process while they're at home? Well, rising seniors um, have gotten their uh, summer assignments from our office, which included doing um, a common application and an essay that goes with that. Um, And getting their list of colleges um, fine-tuned. We have uh, worked with them in the spring to talk about the broad range of colleges that are available and to give them a huge list of suggestions to think about, but they were sent with the task to research those uh, suggestions, maybe add, subtract, uh, put things on that that we hadn't thought of and um, to really kind of have an idea of where they want to apply. And that list should be a balanced list with reach, reasonable, and likely choices. Reach meaning I've always wanted to apply apply here. I'm not going to be able to sleep at night if I don't at least try. It may be a little bit 
beyond my uh, academic profile, but I'm gonna try. And that's fine to have you know one or two of those. Um, reasonable means I kind of look like all of the other admitted students at that university. My grades, test scores if applicable, um, activities all kind of look like the other students at that university. So there's a pretty good chance you know, that I would get in. And likely means I am above the academic profile for a college university. Not only am I feeling pretty confident that I'll get in, but also I might even get some scholarship money. And so that list of colleges that they have um, hopefully been <laughs> researching and fine-tuning over the summer will be balanced. We'll have some of each of those categories in it. Um, one way to research colleges, the best way, is to actually visit. Um, colleges on paper sound very similar, um, but when you get onto campus, um, students will find that they're just a little bit different in many ways. Um, some on paper might you know, be the same size, same geographic region, same uh, majors, but then when you get there, you're like, oh, you know, the campus culture is a little bit different. Or um, using my own daughter as an example, um, this one's really hilly versus this one's really flat, and I don't know if I want to walk um, all the way across campus, you know, with um, hills. Um, you know, <laughs> there's no right or wrong thing to make you like a, a school over another. It's just what's right for, for the, that particular student. So to get onto that campus and to get a feel for it is really the very best way. Now, rising juniors can do this as well. Um, it doesn't hurt at all to just take a tour of a place, you don't even have to have it in your in on your radar of places that you might consider. But if you are, um, you know, passing through downtown Atlanta or you're in Atlanta for the day, and you want to go by Georgia Tech, great. That is an example of a, a big public university, very selective in a major city in the in the downtown area, and that would kind of be a representative visit, if you will, kind of give you a sense of what that type of school might feel like. Or you could go to uh, you know, one of our uh, SEC schools that are none of which are very far away from here, you know, Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, they're all pretty close to Rome. And you can get the sense of what it feels like to drive to that school from Rome. Or what is the the campus walkability or do I like um, the people that I meet on the campus? You know, so many ways that you can just kind of get a feel for it and help to narrow down that list. Um, you also can um, visit some of the smaller schools in around their area. Oglethorpe is in Atlanta, for instance. Swanee's not too far away. Barry, right across the street, <laughs> practically right down the road. And you know, get a sense of you know what does it feel like to go to a, a smaller school. You know, some students. Uh, find that very comfortable and while they find the larger ones overwhelming or vice versa. Some find the larger ones exciting and the smaller ones too small. So what does that feel like? And to, to get onto those campuses and just look around. So that's something that our younger students, juniors, even sophomores can do. Um, I'm freshmen as well or are certainly welcome to, but um, they're, they're our rising freshmen are not even high schoolers yet, so they might um, might need to get some 
their feet under them before they <laughs> before they venture out into the college world. I think they're probably nervous enough about high school, so don't want to overwhelm them too much this early. But it never hurts to, to get on a college campus. So that was great advice, Ivy. Um, hopefully our students are really taking advantage of the time that they have this summer. And um, even during the school year, you know, those tours can continue as you travel, as holiday weekends. Um, That is great advice. I would like to add, um, Darlington does not restrict students um, from taking time away from school in order to do college visits. If a student uh, needs to go and visit the college and has that opportunity, they are allowed to do that. There's something called a um, college leave form. So they will just pick up and fill out and have all of their teachers sign so the teachers know uh, that they will be absent from class. They do need to be passing all the classes and they do need to be in good disciplinary standing. So if you have any penalties to serve, those need to be done before you take your college leave. But otherwise, they can take as many of those as they need and as their family is able to um, allow them to do. Awesome. That's great. Um, So kind of shifting focus a little bit as we kind of wrap up the podcast, could you share a little bit about any new changes that we might expect from the College Guidance Office this year? Um, I know you're taking over as the dean, which is very exciting. Um, What is this year going to look like in your office? Well, we have always worked as a team. The College Advisors and the College Guidance Office um, have always worked as a team. But this year, we're excited to have a specific workspace for the college advisors and students. So in the college guidance office, we have a room set up that the college advisors are going to staff one period per rotation, and that schedule will be posted. So maybe Miss O'Mara has first period free. So you know, one first period, she's going to um, be in that um, college office, and she'll be there to answer any questions of anyone that comes by, or if a student um, wants to just use the workspace to have a quiet place to work on essays or work on the application and have someone nearby that would be ready to answer a question, um, that space is for them. So we're really excited to have a dedicated place for all of our team members to be. Awesome, that is really exciting. Um, That is great, great news. So finally, could you maybe give us a preview of what the beginning of the school year is going to look like for our seniors? I know we usually have a college boot camp, which is exciting, and then what are they gonna start working on when they get back? So yes, we will have our college boot camp on the Wednesday after of the first week, the Wednesday we get back. And that will be a day when seniors will spend the entire day working on all things college. Um, they will arrive at the boot camp with those completed summer assignments to turn into their advisor. So we've already got that essay, we've already got that application. It's a draft, obviously. I mean, the purpose of turning it in is so that we can make any changes that are necessary before it gets submitted. So obviously it's just a draft, but um, they'll turn in those assignments. And then we have um, college admission officers who will be there to answer sort of some general questions from the perspective of their type of university. Then we will break out into smaller sessions that the students can choose which to attend about um, either selective applications or transitioning to college or financial aid or 
expecting that essay or whatever. There's lots of different topics that the um, college uh, admission officers will present on. And additionally, they will present on their actual university that they that they represent. So, um, for instance, if you're interested in learning more about admission to the University of Georgia this year, the University of Georgia will be there to give an info session. So that's our first day of school. And then, as I said, we'll keep continue going through with our um, college advisor time, where one of those days we'll go through curriculum, and the other day we will use as a workshop. So Again, if the students use their time wisely, hopefully they won't have to do too much outside of that dedicated time um, to work on their, their applications. Um, we do, you know, the students always say, we're so busy and we don't have time, and, and we hear you, and so we're giving you that time to work on your application. Awesome. That's really exciting. Thank you so much for sharing, and thank you for all the helpful advice that you have given today. Hopefully our upperclassmen, even underclassmen, like you said, in their families, um, were really able to gain some helpful knowledge and tips about this process. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We're so glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. If you have any questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.